It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Five, we are talking about DMX and the war within. The battle of the war within, we all face that. We all face that time where we want to get angry, we want to say something, we want to get angry, we want to do something. Or we see the urge and the pull to do what everybody else is doing just because it's the crowd. And now we're dealing with Aaron in the book of Exodus, the 32nd chapter, how he gave in to the pressure of the people. Exodus 32, we're going to start at verse 1. And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up, make us gods, which shall go before us, for as for, for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what's become of him. And Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings, which are in the ears of your wives, of your sons, of your sons. So yes, the males had on their rings, brothers and sisters. It was not breaking the law for the male to have earrings on or else it would not have been permitted in the wilderness. It says, break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, of your sons, and of your daughters and bring them unto me. And all the people break off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool after he had made it a molten calf. And they said, these be the gods of Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. You giving credit to something that was in your ear? Something made out of one of the elements in the earth, gold? You giving credit to them for what was just done for you by the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of the heaven and the earth. You're giving credit to them. Verse five, and when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made proclamation and said, tomorrow is the feast of the Lord, but today you're doing this and tomorrow you wanna go back to honoring the feast of the Lord. Now you can understand why the Lord says that he hate your solemn assemblies and your feast and your festivals and the thing that you take upon yourself to do on your own. When I've given you good feast days that mean something, that have prophecy attached to it, where you can learn what the end time is going to be when you keep my feast days, because my feast days teach you about the coming of the Lord. It's prophecy. But Aaron gave in. He gave in to the pressure of the people. How many of us at one point in time or another have given in to the pressure of the people? We're talking about anointed ones who know the God of Israel. 
We're talking about anointed ones, brothers and sisters, who give in to the pressure because the discipline is not there. Let's go to David. Let's talk about David. David was a man who was anointed by God, but at some point in time, he lacked the discipline and gave in to the flesh. Here is the man of God, appointed king of Israel, and this man, David, slept with another man's wife and had her husband set up to be killed. Yet today, David is one of the most honored men of the Bible. Let's go to David and the book of 2 Samuel and find out here, brothers and sisters, how one of the anointed lost his discipline and gave in, brothers and sisters. 2 Samuel 11, 1 through 6. 2 Samuel 11, 1 through 6. Second Samuel 11, 1 through 6, and it reads, And it came to pass, after the year was expired, at the time when kings go forth to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah, and, but David tarried still at Jerusalem. And it came to pass, and in evening tide that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof, he saw a woman washing herself. And the woman was very beautiful to look upon. And David sent and inquired after the woman. And one said, is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Elam, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? And David sent messengers and took her, and she came in unto him, and he laid with her. But she was purified from her uncleanliness, and she returned unto her house. And when the woman conceived, and sent and told David, and said, I am with child, and David sent to Joab, saying, Send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. So here it is, brothers and sisters, just setting up the scene for you. Where David saw another man's wife, desired her, wanted to her, wanted her, had to have her, and eventually took her. And here it is now, he's sending for her husband. Now check this out, verse 14 through 16. And it came to pass in the morning that David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. And he wrote in the letter saying, set ye Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle and retire ye from him that he may be killed and die. And it came to pass when Joab observed the city that he assigned Uriah unto a place where he knew that valiant men were. So David set the man up, brothers and sisters, to be killed. This is God's anointing. It just goes to show you how many men and women who are anointed, brothers and sisters, at one point in time, they fall and they give in. It happens. DMX is no exception to the rule. 
He showed many moments of anointing and greatness and those things, but there was another side that he had given into. And there's another side to you and I that if we give into, brothers and sisters, we will fall short as well. Let's go to verse 26 and 27 and find out what happened after the man was set up to be killed by David because he wanted the man's wife. Verse 26 and 27. And when the wife of Uriah heard that Uriah, her husband, was dead, she mourned for her husband. And when the morning was past, David sent and fetched her to his house, and she became his wife and bare him a son. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. So brothers and sisters, there is no exception. It <laughs> didn't matter whether it was David or not. And because of this, brothers and sisters, the Lord caused David's son by Bathsheba to pass away. This was before Solomon. So again, brothers and sisters, anointing, anointing has to be accompanied by discipline. Why? Because Satan is on the attack. Satan has always been on the prowl. He doesn't need any sleep, no lunch breaks. He don't get tired. It's a full-time job for him to get you to fall off your square. See, Satan can't kill you, brothers and sisters. But Satan can get you to kill yourself. I'm going to say that again. Satan can't kill you. Satan has no power over you. The only power Satan has over you is the power that you actually give him. Let's go to the book of Job, the first chapter. Let's go to the book of Job, the first chapter. We use this example all the time, but there may be someone that has not heard this example before. But let's. Let's read this example. Job, the first chapter, we're going to read verses 6 and 7, and it reads, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Where are you coming from? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking down in it. So here it is, Satan is on the prowl, brothers and sisters, trying to knock those of the Lord's off of their square. But again, why did he have to come before the Lord? Because he had to get report like every other angel do. Angels are created to do a certain thing. Satan just ain't out here acting on his own. He got to get permission to do the things that he does. See, God will set you up where if he doesn't use you for his righteous purposes, he will use you for his evil purposes. What do I mean by evil purposes? Is that prophecy must come to pass. There had to be one that portrayed Jesus, Judas. There had to be one that wouldn't let God's people go in Egypt, Pharaoh. With Samson, there had to be a Delilah. And all of this, brothers and sisters, is to 
make God known. God wants to make himself known. So he has to set things up in a way and in a position where you think something is so powerful and God has to knock it down and show you with frogs like he did in Egypt, with locusts like he did in Egypt, with darkness like he did in Egypt. Oh, you think Pharaoh is God? Well, let me really show you who God is. Let's go to the book of 1 Peter, the fifth chapter. The reason why he's walking up and down on the earth, brothers and sisters, is he's looking for someone who is weak in the faith. He's a predator looking for a prey. Satan is seeking anyone whom he may devour. First Peter, the fifth chapter. First Peter, the fifth chapter. And we're going to go verses six through 10. And it says, humble yourselves. Therefore, I'm sorry, uh, let me make sure I got these scriptures right. We're going to go through six, yeah, six through 10, the fifth chapter, verses six through 10. It says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Who resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world? So you are not the only one that are going through what you are going through. DMX is not the only one or was not the only one that went through what he went through. I'm going to read that again. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who have called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish strengthen and settle you. So after the journey of this life, brothers and sisters, after you've endured all the hell that this life has to throw at you, the Lord wants to make you perfect. How does he do that? By resurrecting you, brothers and sisters, and allowing you access into his kingdom, giving you a body that you can no longer bleed in, no longer hurt in, no longer having the need to cry for anything. The former things will have passed away. Let's continue our lesson. Let's go to the book of Luke, the eighth chapter. Now, by the time that we are adults, we would have been exposed to the word of God in so many ways. Even as you study this lesson with us tonight, know that once you begin to share what you are learning with others, Satan is going to try to come right in and discourage them. But if you are strong in the faith, Satan can't win. And this is why we always say Satan can't win playing God's game. Satan can't win playing God's game. Let's go to the book of Luke. And we're going to go to the book of Luke. And we're going to go to the eighth chapter. We're going to start at verses 5 through 13. Luke 8, 5 and 13. And it reads, a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed his seed, some fell by the wayside and it was trodden down 
and the fowls of the air devoured it. And some fell upon a rock. And as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And others fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, he that have ears to hear, let him hear. So here it is, Jesus is talking about when you are sharing this word, brothers and sisters, when you are sharing this word, be careful as to who you share this word with or who you continue to entertain once they have expressed whether they are interested in it or not. Well, let's go down to verses 17 and 18 and read a little bit more. And it reads, but nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be made known. So here it is, brothers and sisters, Jesus is given these parables and he said, hey, be careful. So let's back back up, Sister Key Israel, and let's give them the explanation and the explaining of the seeds that are being dropped on certain types of ground. Let's go to verses 9, and we're going to start there. And his disciples asked him, what might this parable be? And he said unto you, and we'll go, Sister Key Israel, We'll go nine through, let's go nine through 14, right? And it says, and his disciples asked him saying, what might this parable be? And he said, unto you, it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables that seeing they might not see and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear. Then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. They on the rock are they which, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, which for a while believe and in time of temptation fall away. And that which fell among the thorns are they which, when they have heard, go forth and are choked with the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. And this is how we dealt with DMX, brothers and sisters, is because DMX knew this word. But he was choked by the cares of life, brothers and sisters. He had an addiction. I'm not saying that that was the cause of his death. I'm explaining what he had a lifelong battle with. I'll say that again. It says, they on the rock, the seeds that fell on the rock, are they which when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. And that which fell among the thorns are they, which when they have heard, go forth and are choked with the cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. But that, but, but that on the good ground are they, which in an honest and good heart Having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. 
Why is the word patience right here, brothers and sisters? It's because dealing with this word of God and dealing with our people and dealing with our co-workers and dealing with our family members and dealing with our wife or our husband, brothers and sisters, you have to have patience. Hell, you have to have patience with yourself. Because getting into this word, you're going to fall, brothers and sisters. It's going to be times where you fall short and you're going to get disappointed because you're going to say, man, I know this word and I still fail. I teach this word and I still fail. I go to Bible class on the Sabbath day. I still fail. But I'm glad that we know a God that's a God of second chances. He's a God of second chances, brother. He gave David a second chance. He gave Samson a second chance. Yes, brothers and sisters. And if he gave David a second chance, if he gave Peter a second chance, then what would make you think that he wouldn't give you and I a second chance? Let's jump down, brothers and sisters, for the sake of time. Let's go down, Sister Key Israel, to Romans, the sixth chapter. No man can serve two masters. The book says, again, that no man can serve two masters. Most of us have the hardest test in this world trying to stay on the straight path. We are attacked and bombarded on every side, and it's a daily fight to win the war within. Let's go to Romans, the sixth chapter. Romans, the sixth chapter, and we're gonna go to verse 16. Romans, the sixth chapter, and we're gonna go to verse 16. We're talking about the war within, DMX, and the war within. We all got that war, brothers and sisters. It says, Romans, the sixth chapter, and we're going to start this at verse 16. It says, know ye not that to whom you do your servants to obey, his servants you are. I'm going to say that again, and I'm going to speak it in plain English now. Whoever your, your, your body, your mind, whoever you submit to to obey, in other words, if you give in to the flesh and the wants and the needs of the flesh, disregarding the laws, statutes, and the commandments of God, then you are obeying Satan and you become a certain of, uh, uh, a servant of Satan. I'll read it again. Know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. There's two, the same choice that Adam and Eve was given in the garden. The same two choices, the same two choices that existed in the beginning are the same two choices that are existing between you and I today. Sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. 
Let's continue in the book of Romans. Let's just go to the next chapter. Let's just turn the page and go to Romans, the seventh chapter, and we're going to read 15 through 20. 15 through 20, Romans 7, 15 through 20. It says, for that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that I do. So Paul is describing now things in his life that he knows he's supposed to be doing. He don't do that, that, those things. And the things that he's not supposed to be doing, those are the things that he's doing. And he continues to say, if then I do that which I wouldn't do, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that lives in me. So it is the sin that lives in us that we allow to control us at some point. When we do the things that we know that we're not supposed to be doing, but we do it anyway. Let us continue. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, lives no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I can't even find it. For the good that I would, I don't do. But the evil which I don't want to do, that I find myself doing. Now, if I do that, which I really don't want to do, it is no more I that do it, but the sin that lives in me that's doing it. So brothers and sisters, Paul had the same issue Every prophet, brothers and sisters, dealt with different things. Anybody that put on this flesh and blood body had a war. Jesus had a war within. Father, let this cup pass me. Give it to somebody else. I know I came in this world to die. I know this is my job that I'm supposed to be doing it, but I'm having second thoughts right now. Why? Because my flesh is talking to me. Now, if you're a Marvel fan like I am, there was a character reminiscent of Spider-Man called Venom. And this suit, that Venom, it attaches itself to your skin. And it causes you to do things that you don't necessarily want to do. Well, that's the way sin is that lives inside of our flesh. It causes us to do things that we don't necessarily want to do. But the urge and the pull is so strong that many times we just give in and we say, hey, I tried to fight it as long as I could. I can't fight it no more. I'm giving in. And then we got to pray and beg. God's forgiveness and ask him to give us another chance to get it right in Jesus' name? How many of us would be getting rebaptized over and over and over again if that's what it took to be washed clean? But Jesus came, brothers and sisters, and died for our sins. So yes, what is commanded of us to do is to um, be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins, 
brothers and sisters. So once you are baptized for the remission of your sins, brothers and sisters, that's when the walk really gets a little bit harder. So when that walk starts getting a little bit harder, and yes, you're going to fall several times. But get back up. Get back on that path. Start that walk over again, brothers and sisters, because again, if we had to judge, and, and, and I say this all the time, when we see people doing something that ain't right, we get judgmental. I don't know why that, I don't know why he did that or she did that. They was bogus. We judge them based off their actions. But we judge ourselves based off of our intentions. I'm going to say that again. We judge other people based on their actions and we judge ourselves based on our intentions. All you can say is what you would intend to do if you were in that same situation, but you don't know what you would really do if you were in that situation. There were times, brothers and sisters, when I looked at some of my homies and I said, I ain't gonna never be like that when I was, if I was in that situation. And I found myself doing the same thing that I judged them on, that I accused them on when I found myself in that same situation. And I had to take a step back and I said, man, I need to apologize to this brother. Because I didn't know that I was looking at him and really looking at my future self. Because I gave in. Because I failed, brothers and sisters. But we got to keep getting back up. We got to keep walking. We got to keep moving. We got to keep going back to that path, brothers and sisters, because the race is not to the swift, but it's to he who endures to the end. Let's go to Matthew, the sixth chapter, one verse, Matthew six and one verse, 24, Matthew six and one verse, 24, and it reads, no man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and man. Cannot serve God and man. You cannot serve God in this flesh. You can't, brothers and sisters. We can't, brothers and sisters. Let me close by saying that there is hope in Jesus. How do we win this war, brothers and sisters? There's only one way. Jesus is the only way. He tells us in this word that there is nothing that he can't fix. He is the intercessor between God, the Father, and us. Let's go to Isaiah 41 and 10. We're going to read one verse. Isaiah 41 and 10. He is our intercessor. There's nothing that he cannot fix. Isaiah 41. And verse 10, and again, if you don't have your Bibles, it's posted right there in the comment section. Isaiah 41 and 10, it says, fear thou not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yeah, I will help you. Yeah, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. But you got to ask. 
brothers and sisters. You have to ask for help. How many of us are walking around trying to do God's job for him? Thinking that we alone can fix it ourselves. We want to be God. We want to do his job for him. But there's some things, brothers and sisters, that you can't do for yourself. That you got to ask God to do for yourself. It's just some things that you can't do. Let's go to the book of Jeremiah. Let's go to the book of Jeremiah. And we're going to go to Jeremiah, the 29th chapter. Jeremiah, the 29th chapter. And we're going to read one verse here. We're going to read verse 11. Jeremiah 29 and 11. And it reads, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you an expected end. The end that God wants to give us is everlasting life. So he has thoughts of peace for us. We don't even have thoughts of peace for ourselves. We are our worst judge and we are our worst critic. I'm glad that God don't judge me the way I judge myself. I'm glad that he don't judge me the way that I judge myself because I'm hard on me, brothers and sisters. Now, Satan wants you to think that because you made a mistake, that because you fell off the path, that you should just give up. Oh, man, you know what? You... You've been trying to live right and you ain't been successful at it. Man, just leave that old stuff alone. God don't want you in his church. You out there making mistakes and falling. God don't want you in his church. See, that's when a Satan starts to get all up in your mind. And making you think because you made a mistake that you can't get back on the right path. You know what? I'm going to just go to go to Bible class, go to church when I got my life right. Brothers and sisters. In this life, we ain't going to never have our life right. This is a, a, a everyday, on-the-job training. The way you get your life right, brothers and sisters, as close as you can get it, is to go to the house of God, get into his word. But the devil wants to disconnect you from it. He wants to separate you from it. It's almost like when you plug a cord into the outlet. Take that cord, you plug it into the outlet, and you got power. But when there's a shortage in your cord, there's something in between the outlet, which is God, and you. Something in between the outlet, which is God, and you. Now there's a shortage in your cord, and guess what? Cords that have a shortage, sometimes they have power and sometimes they don't have power. So that's why sometimes you can be really good and you can be really great and you can be really anointed. And other times it's something totally different, which is what DMX experienced and what he went through. Sometimes that man was anointed. He could get on stage in front of thousands of people and say a prayer at a rap concert. It was other times when he had troubles with the law, when he did some things that he knew that he shouldn't have been doing, but we're not here to judge DMX. We're just explaining to you the battle and the war that we fight every day from within. 
So don't allow the devil to be the shortage in your cord, disconnecting you from Jesus, brothers and sisters. Don't allow him to be that shortage in your cord. And that shortage in your cord, it could be a lot of things. It could be money. It could be drugs. It could be sex. It could be women. It could be men. All making a shortage in your cord, disconnecting you from God, cutting off your power source. John 10 and 10, it says, speaking of Satan, the thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. The life that he's talking about is not a life of riches and fame. It's everlasting life, brothers and sisters. You can't take nothing in this world with you when you go. So that's not the abundant of life that he was speaking of, he was talking about everlasting life. See, this life has an expiration date on it, but the life that he wants to give us that's more abundant has no expiration date. That's the end game and that's the goal. Let's go to the book of, mm, I'm almost there, Sister Key. Psalms 55, Psalms 55. Now, the things that you, can't change or can't handle, trust the Lord with those things that you are struggling with, that you can't change or that you can't handle. Trust the Lord with those things, brothers and sisters. Have faith in him and know that whatever you are going through is all a part of your journey. And that journey is leading you to a blessing. Now, I know that we don't want to think that Getting evicted out of our home is a part of our journey. That divorce is a part of our journey. That death of our child or our parent or our spouse is a part of our journey. But brothers and sisters, it's all a part of our journey. And the journey leads to the blessing, brothers and sisters. But you got to trust God in order to even look at things that way. We don't even look at things that way or thank the Lord in advance of, for what he's going to do before he even does it. Psalms 55 and 22. Canst thy burden upon the Lord, cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Matter of fact, he said, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, that you can move the mountains. You have a mountain in your life right now of financial problems. You have a mountain in your life right now of marital problems. You have a mountain in your life right now of some type of addiction that you have an addiction to. But if you got the faith of a mustard seed, you can move that mountain, brothers and sisters. But you got to have faith and you got to believe it. Now, at the end of the day, when everything is said and done, the spirit of addiction which is pushed by none other than Satan, brothers and sisters, 
that addiction and those things that we fight against in this world would all be thrown away. And the proprietor of those things, Satan, he's going to go in the lake of fire. And he knows that. And we teach that on this show. Read it, Revelation the 20th chapter for yourself. See, we give Satan more credit than, than what he deserves, brothers and sisters. As a matter of fact, Satan knows that we are going Sixteen, Isaiah 14, 12 through 16. Isaiah 14, 12 through 16. And he reads, How art thou falling from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weakest the nations? For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet you shall be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. They that see you shall narrowly look upon you and consider you, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake the nations? So when we look at Satan, brothers and sisters, he's not even going to be someone of importance that we look at and say, Is this the one that we were afraid of all this time? Brothers and sisters, God got this whole thing under control. He has it under control, but we don't know that because we've sold and we bought into the theory of this world. But we got to change that, brothers and sisters. We have to change that, but it all falls into your faith. I want to read one thing, uh, Sister Key Israel, which is a kind of a deviation a little bit, but I said it, so I got to prove it according to the word of God. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 1 and 6. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6 chapter, verse 3. 1 Corinthians, the 6th chapter. Verse 3. And it reads, Know ye not that we shall judge angels how much more things that pertain to this life you don't know that you're going to be judging angels i read it again know ye not that we shall judge angels 
how much more things that pertain to this life. So I just wanted to show you that because I spoke it, I said it, and a lot of people may not have read that before, but we prove our ministry here on the Bible Class Truth Hour. We got two more places to go, and we're done, brothers and sisters. Let's go to the book of 1 John, the second chapter. Let's go to the book of 1 John, the second chapter. This war within, brothers and sisters, we can win it. But the only way we can win it is in Christ. Now, all that you see in this world is nothing but a mirage. It appears as if it's going to last forever. But nothing outlasts God. The only thing that Satan can use against you to suggest that these things that are not good for you are good for you is your emotions. How did we become addicted to drugs? We had a bad day. We had a bad breakup. We had the loss of a loved one. So we wanted to take something that made us feel temporarily better about it, that took our mind off of it. This is how he works through your emotion, brothers and sisters. And it is not only what you see or what you hear or what you feel, brothers and sisters. It's also false doctrine. Giving you a false sense of security through misinformation. Satan uses all these things to control us. He uses our own flesh against us, brothers and sisters. 1 John 2, 15 and 16. And it reads, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, it's not of the Father, but it is of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God lives forever. This is how we defeat Satan and win the war within, brothers and sisters. By not loving this world, that's the key. Not loving this world and the things that this world has to offer. Yes, we have to go to work to make a living, to provide for ourselves. But when it comes to compromising your righteousness and your faith for the things of this world, brothers and sisters, that's where you draw the line. This is how we win the battle. This is how we win the war within, brothers and sisters. Let's go ahead and get ready to close out. We have our last place that we are going, the book of Ephesians, the sixth chapter. We use this all the time, brothers and sisters. We got to guard ourselves against Satan. We have to guard ourselves against Satan. So we're going to end this lesson tonight like we do, brothers and sisters. Several other lessons that we've done. One of our favorite scriptures, Ephesians, the sixth chapter, verses 12 through 18. Ephesians, the sixth chapter, 
verses 12 through 18. I'm, I just want to tell somebody tonight, don't give up. I know you've been trying to walk this walk. Don't give up, brothers and sisters. God is the God of second chances. And he's been working on you. He's been sharpening you. He has allowed you to fall. Did you hear what I said? God has allowed you to fall because he wants you to see something. He wants you to experience something. He wants to weaponize you to be a weapon for him. So let's close out Ephesians 6 chapter. And we're going to read verses 11 through 15. Was it 11 through 15? I want to make sure I get all this in. 11 through 18. All right, Ephesians 6, 11 through 18. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girded with truth. So where do we get the truth from? The Bible, the word of God, brothers and sisters. And having the breastplate of righteousness, how do we learn and define what righteousness is? Righteousness is of the law. So you keep the law, you're righteous. You don't keep the law, you ain't righteous. And your feet showed with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That's the word of God. Above all, taking the shield of faith, where, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. I have so many examples of that, brothers and sisters. I had to represent one of my sisters today because I'm a union steward. And I said, hey, we need to prepare ourselves before we go there. I said, now, when we go there, the manager, she's going to be talking, reckless. She's going to say some things to get a response out of you. But maintain your composure. Maintain your words and your facial expressions. And let me handle it from there. So she said what she had to say. Okay, cool. We, we understand. We appreciate you meeting with us in this type of for forum where we could talk about what you feel is not being done correctly so we can learn how to do it right or the way you want it done. We appreciate that. See, she was looking for us to be combative. She was looking for us to be challenging. She was looking for us to prove a point. She just wanted to show who was boss. It's okay, this is your environment. You can be boss in your environment. All I want you to do is say what you have to say so that we can get up and go about our day. That's it. That's how you defeat the spirit of Satan. You stop it from kindling itself before it gets a chance to grow. You kill uh, confusion with peace. You kill hate with love, brothers and sisters. It says, and your feet showed with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. 
praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all pres uh, perseverance and supplication for all saints. So there you have it, brothers and sisters. DMX, the war within, we all have fought that fault, brothers and sisters. So let's pray for um, the family of DMX. Let's pray for the families of anybody who's out there going through the things that they're going through. Now, we can stand here, we can judge, we can say, yeah, he called women bees and he did this and he did that. But I say to you again, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. Now, you ain't going to hear no ministers in their 60s and in their 70s preaching a lesson or teaching the lesson using DMX as a reference. I'm a hip-hop head. I'm a hip-hop baby. So these are the things that I grew up on. And many of the listeners that listen to this show, they are 70s babies, late 60s babies, 80s babies, and they can identify and they can relate to a lesson like this, using a man like him to get a point, a lesson that we all need to deal with, with this, which is the war within. But for the final word tonight, I'm gonna give it to my man, Earl Simmons, DMX himself. I'm let you do the final word, DMX. Let's Father go. God, I am just learning how to pray. Bear with me. First, I thank you for the life of everyone that's here with me. Then I thank you for the love you give me. I don't know. I deserve it. It hurts inside. Many nights I cried and called your name out loud. I didn't call you when I was too good, too proud. And still you gave me love. I wasn't used to that. Most of the people that gave me love ended up taking it back. That's something new to me. So I'm asking you for time to adjust. Let me make it there. I will be one you can trust. What I stand for. I put my life on, I do. I guess what I'm asking is, show me how to stand for you. And I will rap for you, sing for you, reach for you, preach for you, teach for you. I will love you like you love me, unconditionally. And I will always be prepared for whatever the mission will be. Give the nutrition to me, and I'll properly digest it. And when I give it back, I will show you word well invested. And whenever I go, before I go, let me give. Thanks to you, Lord, for my birth, for every day that I've lived. You gave me a love most of my life I didn't know was there. I give you my life because you cared. Amen. So, brothers and sisters, again, I'm smiling because um, I know the anointing that the Lord put on our people. And I also know that the war that Satan has waged on our people as well. So let us continue to fight, brothers and sisters. Let's be there for one another. Let's continue to pray for and with one another. And um, let's continue to share the Bible class truth hour invite people on get people to know what we are doing that man we got a different generation that's teaching this word a whole different way but all roads lead to jesus brothers and sisters 
So we appreciate your time and thank you um, for watching. Now, for those who are on YouTube, if you have a Facebook page, then um, go to Facebook and like our page, which is the Truth Hour Bible Show. And for those who are on uh, Facebook, please go to YouTube and like our YouTube channel, Truth Hour TV. Again, Truth Hour TV. Somebody put that in the comment section from Team Truth Hour, please. Um, I'm overjoyed right now. Um, I'm emotional right now. I'm on a high right now because I believe in this word, brothers and sisters. I believe in this word and it's an everyday fight to apply this thing to our lives, brothers and sisters. So again, the time that we have on this earth Let's try to work it within ourselves and let's try to bring other people closer to Jesus with this word, not based on how you feel or what you personally think. The word of God has no room for your personal opinion or what you think, but send them to the scriptures and let them read it for themselves. Also, if you would like to be added to our text message invite reminder list, then text your name in the keyword truth hour to 312. 719-7310-312-719-7310. We are on Tuesdays at 7 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. And um, we thank you, brothers and sisters, for always being there with us. And let's go ahead and get ready to pray out. But before we get ready to pray out, I want to um, once again, go to the Truth Hour commercial. We got a commercial now. I know we've been doing a lot of videos tonight, y'all. We've been doing a lot of videos tonight.
That's our new commercial, y'all. That's our new commercial. Let's go ahead, man, and uh, stand up and face Jerusalem and pray out. I love each and every one of you all. Hopefully, um, there was something in this lesson tonight um, that you could digest and use to your benefit. Father God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we come before you once again, Father God, and we say thank you, Father God, for another powerful lesson, Father God. I hope that this lesson touched those who are watching and listening as much as it touched me, Father God. I pray, Father God, that you give us the ability and the strength, Father God, to fight this war within that we are facing each and every day, Father God. Help us fight the urge to get angry. Help us fight the urge to be bitter against people, Father God. Help us fight the urge of not being able to forgive those who trespassed against us, Father God. We know, Father God, that you are all-knowing, Father God, and all-powerful, Father God, and know what we need even before we ask. But we still come before you, Father God, and we ask, Father God, we ask that you come into our hearts and soften them, Father God. Come into our mind, Father God, so the mind that was in Jesus, Father God, can be in us, Father God. We ask these things through your son Jesus' name, and we ask that you just cover Sister Margaret Cobb, Father God, cover our senior pastor, Brother Bowie, cover the wake-up show, Father God, the bomb of Gilead, come into my room, preach ahead ministries, Israel, house of um, Jacob, Father God, and all those who are out there that's teaching your word, Father God, cover these brothers, Father God, and let them know, Father God, that you are with them every step of the way. We pray that those who are watching was edified and that you were glorified. In your son, Jesus, Yeshua name, we pray. Amen. All right, brothers and sisters, that will conclude our Bible class for this evening. See you all next Tuesday on another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour. Good evening. In Jesus' name, peace and blessings. Take away his words like he did at the tower. Now, the truth.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.